quick note on today's episode. October is Health Literacy Month. So in recognition, we thought it would be a great time to revisit an interview we did last year on the ways health literacy impacts healthcare access, costs, and outcomes. Health literacy continues to be a challenge for many across the U.S., and United Health Group's research remains just as relevant now as it did one year ago. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to United Health Group's Weekly Dose podcast, where we'll get you up to speed on the latest trends shaping the future of healthcare. I'm your host, Evan Sweeney. This week, we're taking a closer look at how health literacy impacts healthcare. New research from United Health Group shows people who live in communities with lower health literacy levels are at greater risk for poor health outcomes and high costs. Seniors who need and use healthcare the most have the lowest health literacy levels of any age group. But there are huge disparities across the country. In the best performing counties, about a quarter of the population has limited health literacy. And in the lowest performing counties, that figure is as high as 60%. The impact is substantial. Improving health literacy could prevent nearly 1 million hospital visits and save over $25 billion a year. To help us dig into this research and better understand health literacy, we're speaking with Lambert Vanderwald, who leads the Center for Healthcare Research at United Health Group. Lambert, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Evan. It's great to be with you. Great. Well, I'm uh, I'm really glad to have you on because I think uh, this is a topic that might uh, that might fly under the radar for some people and is probably deserving for of a of a bit more attention. So, just to start with the basics, can you tell me um, what is health literacy? Sure. The traditional definition of health literacy has been the ability of individuals to access, understand, and use information to promote and maintain good health. So it's no surprise that the effective use of information leads to good health outcomes. The issue is where you have individuals that have limited health literacy. And with the possible exception of school-aged children, it's really not practical to address health literacy at just the individual level. So because of this challenge, the definition really needs to expand. Okay, so has it expanded? I mean, do we have a broader definition of what that is? Absolutely. Recently, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services created a new organizational definition of health literacy, and that is the degree to which organizations equitably enable individuals to find, understand, and use information and services to inform health-related decisions and actions. So this acknowledges a system-level opportunity to ensure that health information is conveyed in a way that people can access it, understand it, and use it. So we can all recognize that the responsibility for health literacy extends beyond individuals to the organizations and professionals who serve those individuals. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can provide an example of, you know, what is a person with limited health literacy look like? How does that differ from someone with uh, high health literacy? A person with limited health literacy may struggle, for example, with a, a medicine. Looking at the label on the drug bottle, it's not clear how often that medication should be taken or, or what other medications or other foods should be avoided to avoid a negative interaction. On the other hand, a person with high health literacy may have no issues in that regard and, in fact, could look at a, a chart that shows, for example, the age range for specific childhood vaccinations. And so in terms of the implications of that, I mean, that means that somebody 
uh, with low health literacy could, um, you know, take their medication improperly, let's say. Absolutely. And improper medication administration, um, drug to drug interactions that that can actually exacerbate the underlying uh, medical condition. It can lead to really adverse outcomes and, you know, a trip to the emergency room, which is obviously expensive and, and undesirable. Right. So you can see how something very simple, uh, not, you know, having difficulty reading a, a prescription label with uh, which I'll, I'll be honest, I, I sometimes have difficulty reading those too, uh, can just lead to a, uh, a bad outcome essentially. Absolutely. And you add on the, the notion that sometimes the doctor says, despite what the label tells you, I want you to take the drug a slightly different way, um, then you're relying on the patient to A, understand that and B, implement those instructions that may diverge from the typical course of treatment. Um, so I guess in getting back to the research you guys conducted, um, what were some of the key takeaways, not just in terms of you know what you found, but the tangible takeaways that this research uncovered? So when we started this research, we did not expect that we'd be releasing it during a pandemic. However, the pandemic makes the results even even more relevant. An effective response to COVID-19 requires that people receive, understand, and use health information to to prevent the the further spread of the disease. So, for example, the flu shot is actually an important component of our public health response to COVID-19. And we learned in the research that many more Medicare beneficiaries get the flu shot in high health literacy counties than those in low health literacy counties. So this tells us we need to redouble our communications efforts and make sure that individuals in low health literacy counties um, have have the opportunity and go and and get the flu shot. Um, We can also look at existing flu vaccination rates to get a sense for what we expect uh, the vaccination rates to be when the COVID-19 vaccine is, is ultimately available. And there we have the opportunity for the public sector and the private sector to work together to, to make sure that we we get adequate vaccine administration around the country. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, the broad importance of health literacy and, and really why uh, UHG conducted this research? So think about our goal to achieve healthcare's quadruple aim and our efforts to make the healthcare system work better for, for everyone. Um, we can improve, improve upon the access to affordable care, but we don't get to better outcomes if the experience that, that a member has is confusing. So put it another way, we can congratulate ourselves for getting someone covered and then in to see the doctor and then diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the medical staff doesn't offer a clear explanation to the patient um, of, a, of a diagnosis or a plan of care, um, the, the opportunity to achieve adherence um, can, can get really low and we can wonder if we've really accomplished anything. Um, clear communication in the exam room, I think is really foundational um, and failure to communicate wipes away the, the gains that we're trying to achieve. That's interesting. Cause I mean, there's a, a lot of effort put into, you know, preventative care, keeping people out of the emergency room and, and understandably so, but all that can sort of be, uh, in some sense, washed away with just sort of a simple misunderstanding or, or, or inability to, you know, sort of understand the, the information that's being put in front of them. 
Right. The, the medical analogy might be someone goes to the emergency room and, and the, the doctors and nurses working at the hospital can stop the bleeding. But the conversation that follows to to avoid that proverbial bleeding in the future or maybe literal bleeding, um, if if that's not conveyed in an effective manner, you, you can anticipate a return trip. And, and that's not good for anybody. It's certainly not good for the system. And this has a substantial impact, right? I mean, we're talking about it right now, but your research actually does tie this to, you know, hospitalizations, millions, tens of millions of dollars in costs, correct? Yeah, that's right. We looked at the Medicare fee-for-service population, a a large national group of of, um, beneficiaries, and determined that if the the population had health literacy at the the higher levels, um, you would see a million fewer hospital visits and $25 billion in savings. That's pretty significant. That's pretty substantial. And it's not just about um, episodes and dollars. It's also about these these individuals, these people in their lives and their families and the impact that they face. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that stuck out to me uh, with your research is just the, the wide discrepancy between counties. Why was that? Yeah, health literacy levels in a county can really vary principally based on educational attainment um, in those counties, um, but it, it's also impacted by poverty status, marital status, the language spoken in the home, uh, the length of residence in the United States, and also age. Okay. And in terms of age, I mean, the research shows that that seniors actually have the lowest health literacy levels of any group. And I mean, this is a group that that oftentimes uses the health system um, the most. So so why are we seeing those low levels? Yeah, it's a really good question, Evan. And, and that, that's my way of saying we don't really have a, a great answer to this. But mm-hmm. there are several age-related elements that could contribute to the, the decrease of health literacy um, for for older adults. Um, First, age-related decline in cognitive ability could contribute to an older adult's ability to understand um, and recall new topics. Second, physical impairments, um, just a decrease in in the ability to hear or see may contribute to decreased comprehension. And third, socioeconomic status, uh, coping, um, may negatively influence the the understanding and the ability to to process this health, health information. Okay, so what is UHG doing to help improve health literacy, not just in in seniors, but more broadly? Yeah, in the research, one of the most rewarding findings was that United Health Group is actually doing a lot uh, to address health literacy. We're improving the way we communicate, including the training of our consumer-facing professionals. We're testing written communications to ensure they're accurate and clear and actionable. And we're offering materials in the languages spoken by our members. One way that UHG is leading the industry is with our Just Plain Clear glossary at justplainclear.com, which provides simple alternatives to complex health terms. It's online, it's publicly available, and it's used by consumers and employers, clinicians, health organizations, and literacy programs around the country. It's the largest of its kind. It has more than 20,000 terms in English, Spanish, and, and Portuguese. Um, what role do clinicians play in health literacy? I mean, they seem like the ones that are, are probably interacting with patients the most and, and could you know, presumably make uh, significant headway here. Absolutely. Uh, clinicians communicate really important information, including what's wrong with the patient, the diagnosis, 
uh, treatment instructions, any referrals. And so patients' ability to understand this information is, is really critical for effective disease prevention, effective disease management. Um, can you give me an example of how clinicians might be able to do a better job? In that? Yeah, there, there's an approach called the teach-back method, and it's a simple technique. The, the essence of it is that the clinician takes on the responsibility with the patient for being clear in his or her, her communication. Um, and this is as opposed to appearing to test the patient's understanding and, and turning it into a, a stressful quiz. Um, so when a clinician uses this teach-back method, she checks the clarity of her explanation by asking the patient who just received instructions or advice um, to share or teach back the information he or she just learned. So the opportunity here is for medical teams to normalize this approach into their ongoing workflow. Mm -hmm. So how might that work? Sure. A, a doctor could say to a patient, you know, Evan, we've been talking about a few different things here and I've given you some instructions. Would you mind saying it back to me so I can know if I was clear in my explanation? Um, or it might be, Evan, your wife is going to ask what happened today. What are you going to tell her when you get home? And that gives the, the patient the opportunity to relate back to the physician what, what the patient heard. So uh, what's next uh, in this area? Is there any follow-up research that, that UH, UHG is looking to conduct? Yeah, we're, we're really proud of the, this research, and it, it shines a light on, on some really terrific work that's being done across the enterprise. You know, I'd like to, to come back to this at some point and see if we can measure which interventions have the largest impact on improving health literacy. And hopefully we can continue to improve this health literacy gap uh, through better information about what works and what doesn't. Great. Lambert, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate the time. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to United Health Group's Weekly Dose Podcast. Have a great rest of your week.